This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Regional Roundup with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Adrian Abraham and Ryan Huang. That time of the week where we talk all things to do with Malaysia. The stage and deadline is set by 4 p.m. today. All 220 of Malaysia's members of parliament are to declare their choice for the embattled country's next prime minister to succeed Muhyiddin Yassin. Sultan Abdullah Ahmad Shah had reportedly summoned them all to the Istana Negara at the same time. Now the deadline was set by the king as he once again steps into the breach to resolve all political deadlock for the second time in 18 months. Now on the line to discuss everything about this is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times, speaking to us from KL. Leslie, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm being good. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Uh, nice, uh, rather wet Wednesday morning here in Singapore. Now, you've been covering Malaysian politics for a long time. Now, how much of the latest developments surprise you? And what's the sense of how long this is being digested on the ground? Well, you know, I think we coming to after weeks of turmoil uh, that we, where we saw Mohidin hold on to power. And, you know, like we discussed that, you know, the walls were closing in and it happened with him resigning. And I think today what we're seeing is the king and the rulers stepping into the breach, as you pointed out, to try and resolve this crisis. Uh, there have been a lot of, um, you know, saucer stories coming out in, in the last 12 hours about who's got the numbers and all this kind of stuff. But I think given the deep divide in the country's political landscape, I think this notion about a particular candidate getting a certain amount of certain amount of support, especially crossing that uh, magical one 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 majority, is going to be very very difficult. I think the secret ballot, so-called secret ballot that that the the king has introduced, clearly suggests that uh, no candidate is going to get that that magical full majority. And if it does, of course, it makes his job a lot easier. But I suspect it will be it will fall on one part, one person that will get a majority, and that person then will be called on by the king to come up with a coalition that hopefully will be endorsed in parliament. I think that's going to be crucial in this in this fight. It would have to be endorsed in parliament, and which is what failed to happen 18 months ago when the king decided that he felt Muhyiddin enjoyed the majority, but. What Mohidin didn't do was test that majority in Parliament, all crucial testing, you know, and that would have solved a lot of problems. So I think what has to happen in the coming days, no matter who gets that that vote, will have to get that endorsement from the lower house. That's going to be key for Malaysia to move forward. Leslie, you've been following this story very closely. What was the mood like on Monday when Mohidin announced his resignation? Well, you know, to depending on who you talk to, I mean, for general Malaysians dealing with this pandemic that has been mishandled, you know, we're getting the numbers are still well 
they're either breaching 20,000 daily infections or just below that, you know. And uh, compared to less than a thousand when or five hundred when he when he took over actually you know way below that so really there's a sense of frustration I think there's there was a lot of relief actually that we could see a change in government I don't think most Malaysians are happy with the government the way they've handled the pandemic that would be the sentiment I think that really is the case. But now, you know, people are looking for a new government. I think that, you know, now the current talk is that the former deputy prime minister who resigned recently together with uh, Muhyiddin Ismail Sabri appears to be in the front line. But, you know, that would suggest that, you know, we're having the people from the previous government coming back again to power. So I don't know how that's going to come up with Malaysians, actually, how they're going to feel about that. So that's going to be interesting in the coming days and coming hours. And I think by Friday, we will know who has the majority and what will the rulers do in to decide on who should lead the country. I think we're going to see that this should all resolve itself if it does get resolved by Friday. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Uh, Leslie, can we actually rule out a comeback for Muhyiddin at this time? I think safely we can rule out a comeback. I think, you know, Muhyiddin was, was someone that it was very, very obvious that the king no longer wanted him as prime minister. And for a guy who, and politician who basically uh, refused to subject himself to a parliamentary confidence vote, I think you know it is safe to say that the that the landscape is a political landscape. The political divide is fractured enough that no one really commands that full majority. And I think that that is the very reason why Muhyiddin decided that he didn't want. You know, he kept delaying the parliamentary vote. You know, we saw the number of reasons that they used, kind of ruses that you know. Oh, suddenly there was. COVID infections in Parliament while Parliament was sitting and they abruptly ended the, the sitting. So I think, you know, it's safe to assume that when someone refuses to subject themselves to that confidence vote, it does mean that they don't have the, the popular vote. And I don't think given the fights that have taken place within AMNO and Prasatu, Muhyiddin's party and the other uh, partner that basically was, you know, propping the, the previous government up, too much water under the bridge. And I don't think, I really, I seriously doubt that he'll be able to come back. Now, this is all a familiar scene. Last year, the king had chosen Muhyiddin to lead the country. How could the king's decision-making process differ this time? Will we see another short-lived premiership for the next in line? Well, you see, the thing is that I think what is what is going to happen now is that, you know, previously the king allegedly spoke to leaders of the leaders of different parties and said that I believe in my mind that Muhyiddin has the majority and he decided to pick Muhyiddin. And I think that that decision would have been would have worked if Muhyiddin could have received the endorsement from Parliament. But this time around, what is happening is that the king is asking every individual MP to come up with his candidate. So it has got to be one or the other. You know, and no MP can say I've got A as preference number one, B as preference number two, or C as preference number three. It doesn't work that way. It's got to be just one candidate. So I suspect it is very clear that 
uh, first of all, we've got to we've got to understand it's a numbers game. Will all the hundred two hundred and twenty MPs actually submit their preference? What if someone actually an MP says, "I'm I'm not for any candidate here," so clearly he's going to abstain. So if he does abstain, what what that means is that we're not going to get. 220 statutory declarations from elected representatives. So the king will need to work on the person who has, the, who receives the majority, and then call on that person to, to basically try and build a coalition. So it's going to be a process, I think. I don't think it's going to be something that, you know, with numbers coming in today, is going to be settled. I doubt that it's going to be that clear cut. You know, it's, it's going to be a few more days, actually. For this to to sort of play out. We're in conversation with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at the Straits Times. Leslie, opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim has the backing of about ninety lawmakers, with eighty-eight from his Pakatan Harapan coalition. You know, what are the odds of Anwar actually securing the majority? Could we finally see an Anwar era? Is this a possibility? I mean, clearly it is a possibility. I mean, this this thing is everything is up in the air. So. In my mind, I think that is the number to beat. If the Pakatan Harapan coalition stays together and Anwar gets that magical, you know, the 90 votes that he has. So that is going to be the number to beat. So now everyone, all the other parties must have one candidate. I mean, we've seen reports that suggest that the people in the fray include current Deputy Prime Minister, I mean, the recently resigned Deputy Prime Minister Ismail Sabri from AMNO, who's in a very bitter fight with his own president from the party. So the question is whether all of that party can come together and say, okay, we're going to support Ismail Sabri. Then it also means whether all of Bersatu from people from Wuitin's party are going to come together and say, we're going to support Ismail Sabri too. So a lot of pieces need to come together for Ismail Sabri to get that support, you know. And I think in Anwar's case, if he doesn't receive 90 votes, it would be very clear that the Pakatan Harapan coalition has collapsed. So this, this, this thing is going to be very interesting because it's going to tell you where each person stands, actually. So, but if Anwar gets 90, and that's, I believe, is the number to beat. That's the number to beat at this point. So I think it's going to be interesting seeing how this, this map plays out at. You know, this political map plays out in the coming days and, and coming hours. And Leslie, what about a possible comeback for uh, Mahathir? Uh, perhaps through no, his I, son? Is it? Can you see this or not? I can't see this because, you know, Pujuang only has the party that they have. They have six votes. So getting six votes, you know, just if, even if your party decides to back you with six votes, you need so many, so many other individuals coming together to be that 19. So, like I said, you know, it's, it's either going to be between two candidates, you know, for it to be a really close fight. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. The votes are going to get divided up and you're going to have a Pakatan candidate with a majority of the votes and the rest trying to grapple, come together with, you know, different kinds of permutations. But like I said again, every MP can only name one candidate. So multiple SDs, multiple claims of support don't work in this process that the king has come up with in a very very short time we must remember that it all happened yesterday so there's really there was very very little heads up for anyone to really plan a whole lot of kinds of machinations you know on this one political machine so it's going to be very interesting this coming few hours 
Yeah, it certainly is. We've been in conversation with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at the Straits Times. Thank you so much uh, for chatting with us this morning. I look forward to catching up with you soon. Same here. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.